much, and thanks to everyone who's listening to a special edition of Road to the Oval Office. We are coming to you after one of the more interesting and exciting weekends, as we know in presidential politics, uh, to be the often ill-fated October surprise. My name is Blake Rutherford. I'm joined, as always, by Mark Alderman and Howard Schweitzer, all of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies. Mark, Howard, great to be with you guys. Morning, Blake. Morning. So, let me let me set the stage briefly, and then you you can explain to me what it all means. Um, on on uh, Friday of last week, uh, we word comes down that the director of the FBI has sent a letter uh, to Congress, um, a rather non-specific letter uh, to Congress, um, indicating that he had additional information pertaining to uh, the ongoing investigation uh, that the FBI has centered around uh, the use of a private server by um, Hillary Clinton uh, during her time as Secretary of State. Uh, It set off a media frenzy that continued through the weekend with uh, lots of speculation, uh, lots of of innuendo, lots of commentary, and, and, and a lot more uh, that has happened. Here is, here is from, from what I've been, been able to ascertain what we know. Um, this information um, pertains to a computer, a laptop computer, that the FBI sees during a separate investigation into Anthony Weiner, who is alleged to have been sending um, text messages to an underage girl. And in their examination of that laptop computer, uh, the team investigating the Wiener case, which is different than the team investigating the Clinton case, uh, discovered some metadata that suggested there may be as many as 650,000 emails uh, on this computer, uh, some of which an, an unknown number amount may or may not pertain uh, either to Secretary Clinton or uh, or to the uh, the private email server um, that she had. The director of the FBI has not looked at any of these emails. The team, in fact, had not looked at any of these emails when the letter was sent. Um, they finally got a warrant over the weekend, and presumably an, an examination of, of those emails um, perhaps has begun. Um, those are the basic facts, as, as I think news reports have, have gathered. The FBI has not said anything uh, publicly um, since the letter, although the director did send an internal email to his staff explaining what's going on. Um, but it yet again brings uh, the email controversy to the forefront. Here we are now seven days, eight days from the election. So based on those, those basic facts, Mark and Howard, I'm dying to know your thoughts about what in the world this really means. Mark, let's start with you. Well, I think, Blake, we are officially through the looking glass here. This is now uh, Hillary in Wonderland. We had been going in and out of rabbit holes the whole cycle, but we've passed through to the other side now, and no one knows what it means. We are going to talk about what we think it means, but let's begin with, the only thing we know, which is that no one knows what it means. I think that she still wins. I think she still wins 
but it's going to be a lot closer and a lot crazier than it was going to be. I think she still wins because I think she was a real five points ahead last Friday morning. I think this Friday morning she'll be a real three or four points ahead. No question this is going to cost her a point or two. And it was moving in that direction anyway. It always tightens. And then on the following Tuesday, unless the polls are wrong in an unprecedented way, she's going to be the narrow winner of the contest for the 45th president of the United States. And we'll see if she ever gets out of Wonderland, by the way, because this isn't this isn't over. We can hope, please, that the election actually ends. But this story is going to be with us a while. Howard, what what are your reactions to 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 the events of late last week and then the the media frenzy that ensued over the weekend? Well, I have a I have a very different take on it. I think partially informed by my experience inside government, um, and and it's as follows. Uh, first of all, as a kind of legal and and uh, FBI political matter. I think the letter bears bears parsing. Um, what he did in the letter is supplement his prior testimony to Congress. That's why he sent the letter to the committee chairman before whom he testified. I, I completely agree that the letter then went on. And by the way, I think he had to do that. And I think attacking him for doing that is just fundamentally stupid of the Clinton campaign and the Democrats. Um, well, there's but, our first but, disagreement, but continue. But then, then he went on to – actually, I think it's our second. Then he went on to, um, to say he doesn't know whether there's any evidence of any wrongdoing, which I don't think he does. I don't think – Anybody inside the FBI has has established that they have cause on some level to to look at these emails. Um, but but fundamentally, I mean, I think fundamentally this was CYA by um, the director that had to be done to protect the credibility of the bureau, the credibility of his own credibility, and and. The credibility of the of the election, because it was going to leak out, maybe before, maybe after. But imagine a situation where it leaks out after, and people question that it was withheld and the legitimacy of the election and and all that. Uh, yeah, Howard, I want to I so, want to follow up on that point because I, I don't want to get too much in the weeds on whether the FBI director you know, necessarily should have done this because I think we have to accept the fact that he has and we want to talk about the political right. implication. But I do right, want to come right, back right. to something. You know, I, I do want to come back to you because you because of your experience in government, because of all of the things that you know, one thing that, that I'm just curious about your perspective on is, you know, from these news reports, we it, it, is, it is clear that the 
what triggered the FBI director's need to supplement his testimony was merely the presence of metadata that suggests there are these emails. But there was no effort um, by anyone in the FBI, number one, to go obtain the warrant that was necessary to examine the emails, or B, to examine the emails to ascertain what is there, what's relevant, mm -hmm. what's not relevant, what's, what may be duplicative, what may be, in fact, um, you know, very serious. We don't know. To me, Howard, it, it seems like that there were a few more steps perhaps the FBI director could have taken before he writes a letter that, quite frankly, yeah. doesn't necessarily need to be parsed. To me, the sign of a, I hate to lawyer this, the sign of a bad letter is when you have to parse a letter. But but I don't I don't mean to be argumentative, Howard. I was just curious about your perspective. Did you did any of those same thoughts kind of come across your mind as you were as you were I know we're all kind of yeah. getting this story minute by minute, but I wanted to well, get your thoughts. The thought that the thought I that has well. yeah, right. I yeah. got two minutes he's, for rebuttal. He's he's gotta wait. The thought that because he didn't actually work in government. So the thought that uh, crosses my mind is that the FBI takes a lot of time to do whatever whatever it is that the FBI has to do. They're incredibly slow and, quote, methodical. And there was no way that that was going to be done in the days remaining between now and the election. And so I think, I, I mean, I, I can kind of imagine uh, very, very clearly what the discussions were. It's, it's, you know, they deliberated, um, they were sitting there deliberating what to do here. There's no question. They were thinking about how to, how to put this out, whether to put it out. They didn't just find this and put a letter out. They debated hours and hours and hours. And it was probably, there were probably, 25 different drafts of this, of this letter before they put it out. They had to put something out, I think they concluded, in order to preserve the, the credibility of their investigation, their testimony, and the, and, and the election. Mm -hmm. And the one other point I'd make is, Mark, you know, you said no one knows what it means. Well, no one knows what the end result's going to be. But I think as, as an immediate political matter, we very much know what it means. And it means something different to the three of us as lawyers than it means to a lot of other people out there, which is all it means to the voter in Ohio is Hillary Clinton's back under investigation, period, period, period. It doesn't matter how we parse it. It doesn't matter whether he was right or wrong. That's all that matters. And, well, and as a result... As a result, the election is going to be tighter next Tuesday than it would have been, as you were saying, Mark. Um, yep. I think, and and look, when you when you lie down with dogs, you might just catch fleas. I mean, the fact of the matter is, um, this is out there. It's it out there in a bizarre way. The Anthony Weiner connection is bizarre, but it's part of the picture. It's how this came up. It came up. If Hillary Clinton had simply put out all the emails on her server and just handed it over to the FBI when she first found out about it, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We might be having a different conversation, but she created the circumstances under which 
This has come out. It is real. That is her doing. She has exposed this country to the possibility of Donald Trump being the next president of the United States. That's total dereliction of duty on her part. And I know I'm going beyond answering the question now, but <laughs> going to say, well, yeah, there's gonna, a political I'm reality. Step back in. Yeah. I'm going to step back in oh, wait, and, wait, and wait. Give, give Mark, give Mark a chance to respond to this. All I want to say is that everything you two were talking about in terms of parsing the letter and couldn't they have done this or that, and it's her own damn fault and all the rest – is just counting lawyers on the head of a pen. All that matters for the next seven days is whether this matters and if so, how. And all of the backstory of how we got here to me is something for the cleanup. That's what I was saying. Someday. So we are, right, we are where we are. And what I was saying a moment ago, if I, if I may just uh, underscore it, no one knows what this means. These are uncharted waters. Everybody is guessing, the three of us included. But there is data, which isn't guaranteed. It isn't infallible. It's Mark Twain and lies, damn lies, and statistics. But the data suggests that historically, events like this at this time in an election are a one or two point shift away from the bad story and towards the beneficiary of the news. And therefore, to me, it all has to do with, with two things. Where, where was this race before? Because if it was five points and you lose two, you've still got three. And if it was three points and you lose two, then it's a jump ball. And it has to do with a fact we've talked about before in these calls, which is that one campaign has the most sophisticated ground game in the history of presidential elections. The other has fundamentally none. And at the presidential level, we're going to move down ballot yeah. where I do think it matters. But at the presidential level, I think it costs her a point or two from a four or five point race. And I think the ground game is the firewall and we'll find out either in a week or whenever they get done recounting. Well, it's, it's interesting well, because I, I think Howard, before we get to that, I want to set the stage a little bit about, you know, adding to the context of Mark's remark, because we still have to, we still have to consider anything that happens in this race in the context of the Electoral College. And if you look at where yeah. the state polls are, I mean, Hillary's advantage is still considerable. Um, I mean, as, as much as she may be sitting on right now as nearly 260, 263 electoral votes, if you look at where, if you look at where the states are and, and absent, you know, Pennsylvania moving back, which I want to talk about because it's not an early voting state. Um, Michigan moving back, Wisconsin moving back. Uh, you know, Trump's got to run the table with every other toss-up state. And, 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 
and it seems awfully difficult, no matter the, the statistical impact of this, for him to be able to do that. And the reason that I say that is because the polls may not necessarily be perfect, but they would have to be very wrong at this point um, for for him to find to find a path that that is not significantly obstructed, uh, even with this news, Howard. But I wanted to get get your thoughts about about the electoral map generally and the relationship between this publicity on you know th those key states. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, look, it's going to be tight. And, when, Mark, when you say it's five points and now it's four or three, I mean, you're, you're talking nationally, which I get, and that makes sense. But in some of these states, in a North Carolina, in a Florida, it's much tighter. And, and in Ohio. Um, and in some, it's not that tight. But, right, I'm right. talking nationally because... By the end of the road, the national number usually merges. We have we have roughly 21 million people who've already voted. We have 34 states, right, that are early voting states. Um, and so, in in those states and in key key battleground states, Florida, Colorado, Nevada, you know, roughly a quarter of the electorate has already cast their ballots. By all accounts, Hillary Clinton is trending very well among those early right. early early votes now traditionally we know that republicans vote later uh, polling suggests that of people who haven't voted trump does maintain an edge um but mark i wanted to i wanted to get your thoughts about about early voting um and and the relationship and, and i'm particularly curious about pennsylvania which is a state that that now it, it really is becoming clear Trump's going to have to find a way to win, yeah. and Pennsylvania's not an early voting state, so nothing's happened here yet. Right. There are no votes banked in Pennsylvania right. as there are in Florida, as there are in North Carolina, as there are in Colorado, as there are in Iowa and elsewhere. So it is up for grabs in that sense. But Donald Trump is behind. He was behind by at least five points, I believe, in Pennsylvania on Friday morning. I think this coming Friday he will be behind two or three points. Pennsylvania, interestingly, is just about where the national numbers are, in, in my opinion. And Donald Trump is not going to win Pennsylvania. He is going to lose it more narrowly than he would have had this not happened. He is not going to win Pennsylvania. And I been saying for a long time that when Pennsylvania is declared for Hillary Clinton and not that late on election night, that's the ball game for Donald Trump. He can't he can't get there. I think otherwise. I think that's right. But I mean what I, I'm not, happens, look. but what happens in Pennsylvania in that margin has a lot to do with the Senate. Howard, your thoughts? Hey look, I think I think she's still gonna win. Um, but I think he's 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 in it, and momentum matters. And um, I don't think it's. I, I thought it was a done deal a week ago, and I don't think it's a done deal today. I think ironically, voting in in New Hampshire and Michigan as well. So just right, wanted to add that. Right. In. 
But ironically, we, ironically, WikiLeaks, the WikiLeaks disclosures, I think, end up helping her because they kind of blunt everybody just dumps email into the same bucket. So I think back to the voter in Ohio, the average voter in Ohio, they're just they're tired about hearing her damn uh, hearing about her damn emails, like Bernie Sanders said way too early, by the way. Um, but yeah. but that's that's um, but I but I think WikiLeaks and the constant stream of email nonsense has um, blunted blunts this to some degree. And see, she yeah she she's still the most likely person to be the next president. I think she starts off with a very different. Um, situation as a president-elect than, than we've seen before. That's a whole different discussion. Um, but I, but that's, that's how I think at the top of the ticket it ends up. That's where I'd still put my money. But let's talk about down ballot, because one of the things that, that I've been hearing, you know, over the course of the last 72 hours is that, it, you know, if this does narrow the polls a point, two points mark, um, perhaps, you know, in certain places, maybe even closer than that, uh, the trickle-down effect uh, will be significant. And I want to start with the Senate, uh, because we have some very close races in, for the United States Senate. We've got a race that continues to get closer in Indiana. Uh, we've got uh, a close race in New Hampshire. We've got a close race in North Carolina. We've got a close race in Missouri. Um, Mark, I want to I want to start with you, and then and then go to Howard. What do you think about the down ballot effect of 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 this news, if any? Well, any state where her margin is going to be less than it was going to be otherwise, it's going to matter down ballot to those candidates who were never going to outrun her. We're always going to be behind and are running against candidates who were always going to outrun Trump and now have less of a gap to close. So, for example, right here in Pennsylvania with Katie McGinty and, and Pat Toomey, I think Pat Toomey was always going to be able to keep his job if Clinton carried Pennsylvania by three points or fewer, because he was that far ahead of her. I thought Katie was always going to be a senator if Hillary carried Pennsylvania by four points or more. Well, this just <laughs> might have done that to the election. I thought it was going to be five points. Now it might be two points, and it could really matter to Toomey here. But, but I still think the Democrats are going to end up with a 50-50 tie and Tim Kaine as the vice president. I think Tammy Duckworth wins, emails notwithstanding. I think Russ Feingold gets his seat back, emails notwithstanding. I promise you Evan Bayh wins because <laughs> there was never a Clinton margin anyway in Indiana. <laughs> so this doesn't impact that in the same way. And then you got four races and and we got to pick up two of them. Yeah, and you're you're talking about Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Nevada and Missouri. How right. what are you, what are your thoughts about about the effect of uh, of this story down ballot? Well, it's a numbers game as Mark was 
saying earlier, he's absolutely right. I think every point matters. Um, if I'm Jason Kander, Katie McGinty, Maggie Hassan, Deborah Ross, etc., I'm beside myself. And I, I think this changes the result in the United States Senate. I think it was very close to begin with, and it, it just got just got even closer. And and every race matters. And and I think in a Pennsylvania, look, Toomey was already far outrunning Trump. Toomey was already far outrunning Trump in suburban Philadelphia counties. It's pretty remarkable. Um, so, so there's already a a ticket splitting kind of um, idea going into going into the voting booths next Tuesday in in Pennsylvania, and that's just Pennsylvania. I think that phenomenon is going to play out elsewhere as well, and it is absolutely going to impact it. And I think at the end of the day, the Republicans keep the Senate as a result of <clears throat> lower numbers for Hillary. Period. By a vote. You got to go on record here, Howard. I declared 50 50. 5149 R? 5149 the other way. Okay. Well, 5149 R. That's wrong, of course, but at least you had the courage to commit. Well, this is this is a this is a story that we could we could do a call tomorrow and 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 who knows I think it also this is also this is also a race where two days from now or three days from now when we're all together in in Philadelphia doing this live um, we could be talking about something else entirely something else um, will happen something else will happen so um, you know to be to be watched and uh, and again to to be followed which we will which we will certainly do. Um, any other thoughts, guys, about about this particular story, Howard? Any other any other thoughts or or, uh, or comments that you, uh, that you that you want to make as as it pertains to the political significance uh, of this news? Well, I guess I mean at the end of the day, they they are going to investigate this, and they will reach a conclusion. And and hopefully um, that happens sooner rather than later, but it, it may be a while. So I think the political significance beyond next Tuesday itself is significant because in the context of a, a very, very close or not close but contested because Trump won't let go election, this is going to continue to have political significance and political ramifications well beyond next Tuesday, assuming she wins. Mark, any concluding thoughts? I agree entirely with that. I think the country has had it with this election. It's had it with these two candidates, but one of them is going to be president. And I think the best that we can hope for for the country is that there is a clear, decisive result on Tuesday that it isn't close and that it doesn't linger. 
and that in the investigations, which we all know are coming, there is also a clear and decisive result. Obviously, it would be better for the country if it were a clear and decisive exoneration. But what this country needs at this point is clarity and decisiveness and, and, and as much of an end to the agony as is possible. Unfortunately, I think there's going to only be a little relief from the agony. Well, 71% of the country polled says they are ready for this race uh, to be over. We're eight days away. I don't believe um, that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> too low. Too Way low. low. Way uh, low. But we will, we will, we will be back um, later this week uh, with, with another, another discussion. We'll be live in Philadelphia, but, of course, available here on iTunes um, to, uh, to, talk about, to talk about the evolving dynamics of this race. Uh, this story, and perhaps many other things. So, as always, Mark Howard, great to be with you, and thanks to everyone for listening.